right, well, welcome to the show. I've got four special guests with me this week. We've got Sean Mitchell from uh, Nantucket Firefighters Local 2509. Jason Burns, he's the president of Fall Rivers Local 1314. And Ron Glass, who is the president of Orlando Firefighters Local 1365. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Good Thanks evening. Thanks for having us. Of course. I'm glad you guys can make it. So we've got uh, the IFF's 55th convention coming up. It's going to be a virtual convention. Uh, I was really actually hoping to go to Vegas, but that is not in the cards right now. Um, it's coming up on January 25th and 28th, and we've got two different PFAS resolutions that are on the itinerary. And uh, so we got both, you know, both uh, committees in here to discuss this. Um, first of all, if and this is kind of open to all of you guys, let's talk about PFAS. Why? Why is this uh, something that we're bringing to the IFF to to do something about? So PFAS, um, for I think anybody who listens to your show is probably aware, but just for anybody who's not, uh, PFAS uh, is P-F-A-S, and that means per and polyfluoroalkyl substances. And so these are chemicals, uh, the entire class of PFAS chemicals now is up to over 9,000. Most of those have not been studied at all. More are still being uh, discovered all the time, but there are a few that have been well studied and we know that they lead to cancers and other illnesses. Uh, the most well-known are PFOA and PFOS. And so we know that through drinking water contamination, um, a lot of people have been uh, exposed to these chemicals for a very long time and uh, they make people sick. And so we're learning more and more, um, you know, as time goes on about where these chemicals are used. And we know now for sure that they are used pretty heavily in our PPE. So all turnout gear that is certified to NFPA 1971 absolutely has uh, PFAS chemicals in it. And uh, that's going back at least 20 years, maybe longer. And so these PFAS chemicals are used on the outer shell, the, the fabric on the outer shell for water and oil repellency. And they're also used in the moisture barrier. Um, and they're there because essentially they have to be there now to pass this NFPA certification. Um, and we know going back through documents that uh, were found through the, the Dark Waters case, which was Rob Balot when he took on DuPont, there are documents going back uh, decades where DuPont and 3M and other, and other chemical companies were aware of the harm that these PFAS chemicals could cause. And those companies never told anybody. But uh, luckily, because of Rob Lott and all that he did, it all, it all came out. And he was successful finally after fighting for 20 years about, uh, he was successful in, in proving that these chemicals are harmful. So we know that they're harmful. We know that they're there. Um, but unfortunately, nobody regulates it. So it's kind of up to us uh, as firefighters to now stand up and say, we don't want these in our gear anymore because we're exposed to enough every day on this job. And we, if we have a chemical that we know can cause cancer um, and we know that we're exposed to it, even if you go three shifts without going to a fire and going into toxic smoke, you're going to be around your turnout gear 
which is also toxic that entire time. So you can't get away from that. And so I think we're at the point now where these two resolutions, uh, hopefully when they pass at the convention, will start to uh, we'll start to see some change from that. Perfect. Now, you know, when you're talking about Dark Waters and Rob Alad, he also has the book Exposure. There's a documentary, The Devil We Know. If you haven't watched any of that stuff or read the book, I'm sure all of us can't recommend that stuff enough. But, um, you know, when he did his study in Parkersburg, West Virginia, the 70,000 uh, individuals that they actually did blood work and they found these different cancers and illnesses, uh, that was just over PFOA, which is just a particular one out of 9,000 different chemicals of PFOS. So we know that PFOA is no longer being used in our gear, even though members are still wearing that gear and they've switched into a kind of cousin of that chemical. They took, you know, a few carbons off and, and there's that, would you mind one of you guys kind of touching on that and, and kind of doing the whole sleight of the hand that the industry has kind of done to us and, and, really fooled us for quite a while with that. Sean, something you can do. Yeah, again, sure. So, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, PFOA, PFOA is the one, as you said, is in Dark Waters and The Devil We Know and the book Exposure. Um, that's very well known. And around 2005, 2006, it was voluntarily phased out of production in the United States by, I think, eight of the major manufacturers. So they had this plan where over 10 years, they would phase out the use of PFOA or PFOA. So that finally, by probably 2016, our turnout gear from 2016 until now has not been made using PFOA. Uh, but the problem is, as we know, the NFPA, if we, if we follow 1971 that standard turnout gear can be used for up to 10 years and in a lot of cases it's used longer than that um but so if you bought turnout gear in 2015 you could be still wearing pfoa or pfoa turnout gear until 2025 and nobody has probably nobody has told you what's in it and that it was made using a chemical that we know is linked to cancer um, so that's one of the problems with it. The other problem is, as you said, they just switched to other PFAS chemicals. Um, so PFOA was called C8. And now they, when they phased that out, they started using C6. So they took two carbons off. And instead of using C8, they used C6. And they say that's safer. Um, but really, it, it just hasn't been studied. Um, and, and there are, you know, there, the studies that have been done, uh, none of them are good. So all of these PFAS chemicals that have been studied, they've all been found to be harmful in some way. So C6 is a little bit different. Uh, the, the industry would like to say that it, it leaves the system quicker than C8 does. Uh, but then there are those who say, well, you know, uh, that doesn't matter if you're exposed to it every day, which we are to our turnout gear. Um, so, so yeah, they, they were, they had to phase out the use of PFOA, but that does not mean that they stopped using PFAS. They're still using PFAS. All turnout gear today contains a lot of PFAS. And, uh, that's why we wrote these resolutions to, to put an end to that. 
perfect. Nicely said. Jim, so it is, it is, you know, exactly to add a little bit to what Sean said, you know, with them kind of manipulating and it's a sleight of hand, you know, we, we chase down one chemical and, and they kind of admit that it's a bad chemical. And then, you know, they, they sleight of hand, you know, look, look over here um, and it's a new chemical and they're calling it safe um, and hasn't been uh, deemed unsafe yet. And then I guess that's part of our issue. We don't want to be chasing down the new named chemical every single time they want to kind of skirt the rules and present themselves as uh, providing a product that's safe. So hopefully this is going to, um, I think our goal is to spur the uh, industry into using the alternate um, chemicals that, that can kind of accomplish what they need to accomplish and keep us safe at the same time. Perfect. Yes, I love it. Ron, let me ask you this. When did PFOS even come on your radar? Uh, for us, it was probably about uh, over the last two, two and a half years uh, um, through our, our, uh, our union provides a physical to the members uh, outside of the city physical uh, that they can sign up for. It's a company called LifeScan that comes in. They'll do an ultrasound, um, run different blood tests, uh, do a full physical. And through the ultrasound, we had a, a high level of, uh, or I shouldn't say high, but a more than the normal population has of members that were that were they were not noticing things on the thyroid area. Um, so they would, they would do the ultrasound. The company would notice something, would send them off to their private physician. Their private physician would look into it. And we ended up over the last probably two and a half to three years, we've had uh, five, five members that have come down with thyroid cancer. Um, all of them young members below the age of 50. Our most recent one was a 32-year-old male in great shape and was ended up being, being diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Um, so we just started looking at it and saying, there's got to be an issue with it. Um, I had one of my members send off his bunker gear to Dr. Graham Peasley up at the University of Notre Dame. Um, Dr. Peasley responded back. They had never seen uh, levels of fluorine like he had in that member's gear, uh, not only in the outer shell, but also in the thermal liner and the moisture barrier. So um, that's where we started taking notice and saying, there's, a, there's an issue here. There's a problem with the gear. And there really isn't any independent studies out there. And that's kind of the focus of our resolution for the IFF is for them to partner up with either the National Institute of Science and Technology or the Underwriters Laboratory or somebody to do an independent study of the bunker gear. Because if you talk to the bunker gear companies, you get the runaround. They tell you that the, the, the size of the molecules in this PFAS are too big to be absorbed by the skin. And there's no way it's not possible. We had a meeting at my fire, at my fire department with my fire chief and uh, members of, of the bunker gear company that provides us and the vice president of the, of the company was there and that was his responses. There's no proof out there that this, the PFAS can get into your, your uh, skin and cause cancer. So that's what we're looking for is an independent study to be done to, to prove the fact that this is actually what is happening to our members. Perfect. And I was interested when I talked to you uh, a few days ago, you actually have a committee all for just this. Right. As part of our, uh, our health and safety committee that we have between the labor and, and uh, the city, they form their own uh, subcommittee of that just to talk about PFAS, not only in the bunker gear, but also with the foam. We're in the process of trying to switch all of our foam to a PFAS-free foam. Um, we've had large problems here in the state of Florida. Matter of fact, the State Fire College, you cannot even drink out of the water fountains at the State Fire College because the groundwater is so infiltrated with PFAS. So they banned that from, from there. So we started trying to work with our city to, 
to take a proactive approach to them to say, listen, we're not out here to try and trash the bunker gear you bought. We're trying to save you guys money in the long run from having these type of dealing with these type of medical issues. I mean, I know my city is self-insured when it comes to medical insurance. They have a third party administrator, but they're self-insured. So we're trying to encourage them to get in front of this to save them money over the long term. Perfect. Now, what has the stance actually been in regards to these chemicals with the IFF? So the IFF, um, when this really first started to gain some notoriety back in 2017, the IAFF put out a statement on PFOA and turnout gear. And uh, you can find that on the internet. Uh, but basically the, the stance at the time was that, um, as Ron just said, essentially there's no proof. Um, and, and it sort of just uses the, the industry line because as you can see in the citations from that document, almost all of the information from that the IAFF gave out came from the industry. Um, and that's around that same time, we did the same thing where I work. And when we heard about this, uh, we got a message from Diane Cotter, as a lot of, a lot of us did back then. And we looked into it and we were told, unfortunately, we looked into it, uh, and we contacted people connected to the industry. And so we were told the same thing, probably that Ron was and the same thing that Jason was and the same thing that the IFF was, um, which is and you, Jim, and uh, which is that there's no proof that there's harm that it's harmful, and they don't believe it's harmful, and it's only trace amounts, and it's just a couple drops in a swimming pool, but they, they don't really tell you the full story. Uh, so it, it's up to us sort of to to figure the full story out. And so we've done that recently, at least where, where I am, and we know that what we were told back in 2017 was not true and it was not the full story. So um, that, as far as the IAFF, that was, that was their initial statement. And since then, it's basically been uh, that they're just awaiting more research, um, which, you know, unfortunately, in my opinion, there's plenty of research out there to prove that these chemicals are harmful. Uh, but as Jason said earlier, we, we could go on forever researching these separate chemicals um, and, and there'll never be an end to this. So th that's why I would like to just treat all of these PFAS as a class and get rid of them all. And then start to keep an eye on, because our resolution is titled Toxic Chemicals in PPE, not necessarily just PFAS, although that is what spurred us to write it. Uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen in 10 years uh, if nobody's watching, which is how we got to this point, because nobody was watching. Now. Uh, it's January and it's, uh, you know, the IFF started a new thing where we're doing uh, basically Cancer Awareness Month. They teamed up with the FCSN uh, and put together this all this training um, for, you know, the whole month worth of training. Uh, lots of stuff on there, but there's kind of, there is something missing from there, isn't there? Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're, we're having any discussion about this subject uh, with the IEF and, and training. And that's part of one of the more frustrating parts for me and, 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 you know, part of why I think we're joining in on this. We need to get the information out to the members. You know, platforms like yours is fantastic for us to reach some of them. Uh, but we need this information to get out to everybody. We need to hear uh, what ex exactly is the issue with our gear. We need to know while 
we don't have a healthy alternative, we need to know how to handle the, 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 the current um, product. What can we do to minimize exposure? What can we do to you know, try to stay healthy? There should be some advisories. Uh, this should not be um, kind of this, this uh, unspoken subject. I know we don't have all the answers yet and I'm okay with that, but we gotta tell people what we do know. Um, and, and that's extremely important. I think we owe it to our membership to get that information out there. Perfect. Now, um, does anybody want to discuss kind of how NFPA is involved? I know, Sean, you mentioned 1971 earlier, but um, it's not as simple as just saying, hey, let's not wear this stuff anymore. It's not safe. Um, we have one big hurdle, and that happens to be NFPA. Go, go, go for it, Sean. Yes. So NFPA 1971 is the standard on structural turnout gear. Um, this probably applies to some other standards also uh, where these chemicals are used in PPE, wildland uh, could be in that gear um, because it's everywhere. So, uh, but specifically if we're talking about 1971, you're right. Uh, there's, it's a small group of people relatively who sit on the committee and the committee makes all of these decisions. And basically, we don't have a choice uh, as to what we're wearing as far as our turnout gear. So who's this on, has been, yeah. Who's on that committee? Uh, so you can, you can easily look it up uh, on the NFPA website, but there is a heavy industry presence on that committee. Uh, roughly about half uh, uh, of the 1971 committee is connected to the industry that we're talking about who profit from the sale of turnout. And so they have a direct influence and in votes on what types of materials and fabrics uh, pass the certification testing. And so, you know, when we talk about the moisture barrier, when you have people who are involved in creating moisture barriers, um, sitting or being heavily involved in the committee, uh, they can sort of push to have their product maybe be the one that passes the test, something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, what, what we can do about the NFBA is start to submit public comments and, uh, but really what, what would be probably, uh, more effective would be to have the NFPA through these resolutions stand up and have some oversight and make sure that the NFPA and really the people who sit on these committees are putting our health and safety ahead of the profit of this of the industry. Perfect. You know, I, I view this all as just an opportunity for us, the firefighters. You know, it's been it's been a process and it's still ongoing through NFPA to, to fix this, but this is our one opportunity, usually every two years, uh, to actually have a voice for ourselves and not have anybody else involved that can influence anything. This is, this is our chance, this, these resolutions coming up. Um, with that being said, uh, you know, one of the things that, um, Ron, you talked about in yours were, uh, the main, asking the manufacturers to stop actually using PFAS. Right. Yeah. 
I think this getting to the point now where there's they're going to find alternative products that they can use that won't have the the, the cancer causing chemicals that, that we're currently dealing with right now. It's just a matter of whether or not they want to put the effort into doing it. Uh, on whether they want to put the effort into doing that. That um, part of our job as, as union leaders also is now to get that message, like we've talked about before, out to our membership through not only the IFF, but now start using publications. Um, I did an interview uh, just the other day with Bloomberg Law. Um, they ran a story on it last year. Um, Andrew, the reporter, called me again this year because he's aware of what's going on with the IFF and the resolutions that were filed there. He plans on running a story on that this week. Um, so that's another way of getting that back out to our membership. And I think ultimately what it's going to come down to, and I think what happened with the, the dark water stuff is you have to hit the manufacturers in their pocketbook. And I think that's ultimately is probably where this is going to end up in legal action. Um, I don't know if you see on social media, you can just browse through your social media and you'll start seeing within the last six to eight months, law firms popping up advertising uh, PFOA in foam, um, now switching to bunker gear. Those lawsuits are going to start happening. So I think that's really is what's going to end up catching the attention of these gear manufacturers. And I, I took a few, you know, just points. I'm going to summarize both of your resolutions a little bit, but I know uh, in yours, Jason's, you really just talk about um, no more sponsorship money for from these chemical monies going to the IFF unless their gear is actually considered safe by an independent, you know, scientist researcher. Yeah, I. I think me and Sean um, and Sean did a bulk of the writing there for the uh, resolution did a fantastic job. But when we spoke about it, um, we found it un unconscionable that our organization would be accepting money uh, for sponsorships, uh, maybe well intended to defray the cost of some kind of cancer summit or something like that. Um, but accepting money when they're, in my eyes, uh, knowingly and, and willfully putting out a product that is um, toxic and is hurting our members. And uh, that's just something I don't think we can do. Um, I, I think we need to stand up and, and kind of push them around a little bit and say, listen, we need, we need an alternate here. Um, we need something healthy for our members. And, and until then, you know, we don't, we don't want you advertising in our magazines. Um, can you imagine, Sean said it yesterday when we did an interview, can you imagine some of the people that um, you know, possibly have cancer who are looking at this chemical as, as you know, the impetus of why they have this illness and, and they open up uh, one of our magazines and, and you see an ad from this company that um, it's just, it's, 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 a, it's bad optics. And uh, I think we're better than that. And I think this is a uh, really good start to kind of stand up and push them to uh, change. This is a, a great way to, I think, get back to where we should be, where we're not influenced we're unbiased and i know sean you said earlier even the you know we're picking health of our 320 330,000 firefighters across the us and canada over money over profit um we should be the ones because we know nfpa as we just said it earlier um they've got the manufacturers there they have the chemical companies there uh, they are not unbiased we need to be that independent you know, form that says, you know, really looks out for our longevity, our, our health and safety. So what you guys have done, both of you, um, you know, are, are 
it's it's perfect. It, it's needed to be done, and I'm glad it's coming here in a few weeks. Um, we really should be the watchdog of this industry. I know that was said uh, last night during the interview as well. Um, is there anything else you guys want to say about uh, your resolutions? Number, uh, was your Sean and, and Jason, you're number 28, and Ron, you guys are number 31. Yeah, so we're, we're number 28, toxic chemicals in PPE. Um, and, and really, the, to sum it up, the, the purpose of this uh, is to, to, number one, raise awareness. Um, because while it's being talked about more often and, and it's gaining um, some momentum, there's still a lot of firefighters who, who really don't have a, a, all the information. Um, and that's another part to get back to the stance of the, the IAFF, as you said, it's it's Cancer Awareness and Prevention Month. And I searched every single document on that awareness and prevention website. And oh, did we just lose him? Just froze up. Yeah, he just froze. Yeah, I think he was gonna say he couldn't find anything inside there that mentioned this stuff. It was ignored. And I don't understand how you can ignore all that, all this that that's out there. Is that right, Sean? Are you back? Hey, I'm back. Sorry about that. I finished your sentence for you. <laughs> there he is. Um, Ron, do you, did you have anything to add about yours? Because I know you you went in with uh, multiple, you know, pretty large departments uh, down south. Yeah, ours was kind of a, the result of our, our Florida Professional Firefighters Convention that we had recently. So myself and uh, Mike Salzano from Fort Lauderdale Fire uh, got together and just presented a resolution there um, that, that uh, the FPF, the Florida Professional Firefighters, now set up a subcommittee uh, for, uh, let me read exactly what we were calling is the PFAS Research Committee. And it, the, the goal of it is to committee shall have the duty of develop a plan of action and inquiring about the legal steps that can be taken to protect firefighters from the potential effects of PFAS. So our goal as, as a statewide committee now is to get together and come up with a plan of action, number one, for, for testing the gear, and then number two, a plan of action if we need to take legal action against the gear manufacturers. So that's how kind of this thing started. Then we steamrolled that into an IFF resolution. Um, also with uh, Brian Powell from uh, Coral Springs. So uh, we're looking to, to, to get the support of the membership at that meeting. I think that they're pretty much common sense uh, resolutions, both the resolutions, and I don't think there should be any controversy over them at, at all. Yeah, there's there's no um, per, per capita for either one of these, right? Correct. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, beyond these resolutions, there's obviously an election being held as well for uh, general president, also general general secretary treasurer. Um, I know these guys have all, some of them at least have have spoke about uh, this issue as well, the PFOS issue. Um, what what have, what have you guys heard about uh, the you know Ed Kelly stance versus Malin Mitchell's regarding this stuff? So I have. Uh... I've, I've submitted uh, basically the same question to everyone who's running for both president and uh, general secretary treasurer. 
to just to get their stance on it. And so right away, Jake LaMonda, who's running for secretary treasurer, responded. And I, I don't want to quote him without seeing it in front of me, but basically he, he wants a full stop on accepting money and having these relationships with any industry that may be selling products that are killing firefighters. Um, so, you know, he, he's all for it. I think he is also sort of involved, at least through the FDNY, in some testing of gear with Dr. Peasley. Um, so, so we know that, you know, he, he's in the right frame of mind to uh, support this and to, to put health and safety firefighters ahead of everything else. Um, Frank Lima, who is also running for general secretary treasurer, I've reached out to him every way that I could find and neither he or anybody from his campaign has responded to me. I'll answer, uh, I'll answer that. I'll answer that. One. Okay. Cause I did, I talked to him live in person and uh, I asked him uh, about these and about taking money from uh, companies that are hurting us. And he never really gave me an answer. He, he did a little dance. So, I mean, point blank in front of me, and it wasn't virtual. It was, he was there and he danced. So, well, I'm my sure local, that was I, my local still endorsed him, but that wasn't without me saying that's bullshit. <laughs> well, uh, my local did not endorse him. Uh, he may be a good dancer, but that's not going to do much for us. Um, so as far as uh, Mayla Mitchell and Ed Kelly, same thing. Uh, um, Ed Kelly right away came out just like Jake LaMonda uh, sort of and uh, the, the same thing and said, basically, health and safety of firefighters is number one. And if anybody is selling products to firefighters um, that may be harming us, then that's going to stop. And so my local has endorsed him also because we see this issue as, you know, it, it touches on a lot of things. There's a lot of layers to it. It's financial. Um, it is health and safety, of course, but it's also about being honest and transparent and being upfront with the membership, which uh, maybe has not been the way things have been handled in the past, specifically regarding this subject. Uh, so we know that when Ed Kelly takes office, uh, that, that this will be in the forefront and, and not only this specific PFAS issue, but health and safety of firefighters and transparency and all that goes along with that. So once we heard that here, uh, that that's who we're endorsing. Yeah, you're a bunch of homers. Jim, for us, I think that's the key to these resolutions is it doesn't matter who the next president is. It doesn't matter who the next general secretary treasurer is. The direction from this membership body, if these resolutions pass, is that's the direction that whoever the president is, is gonna take it. Um, Eddie is a good friend of mine. I, I have no doubt that Eddie if he's elected president, will support these and currently supports these resolutions to move forward. But the good thing is it doesn't matter who's there. As long as these resolutions pass, that gives the direction of the IFF on where they need to go with this, this type of chemical. Yep, they got to follow our direction. So that's, that's a nice thing. Nicely said, Ron. Jason, did you have anything else you kind of wanted to throw in there? Anything uh, that I missed or just you wanted to kind of summarize? I guess I just wanted to say that this kind of took off slow. Um, it's a tough subject. It's complex. Um, I think we were kind of hands off, but really interested in this subject, right? And, uh, you know, kind of above my pay grade type mentality. 
But uh, as we've, do you know, dove into this issue and kind of learn more, I got to tell you, I'm proud of the response from uh, the, the, the membership. I mean, you look at two resolutions coming from the floor. I don't know Ron, I've never met him. His group um, is, is kind of thinking along the same lines as uh, me and Sean. And I think that's, an, that's impressive. And that is um, the hallmark of leaders in this organization, taking the health and safety of their members and taking it seriously and, and, and making a stand. And, and, and that, that to me is what makes us who we are. And, and I'm glad that it's playing out that way. And I can't wait to uh, you know, try to get both of these resolutions passed and, and create the change that uh, we need to see. Um, so it's, it's been you know, a little slow at first, but it's been a nice response. You know, I think that, I mean, 40 resolutions, I think, is, is coming to the floor. The majority, the majority are, are fluff, uh, no substance to it. Um, these these two that you guys brought, I mean, obviously have a lot of substance. I think the one I brought is significant to the men members of the Midwest. Um, I think that's the perfect segue for me on my show to, to tell my own stuff, right? So I do have a resolution number, resolution 30, and that is asking for a study to be looked at uh, to see how feasible it will to have a Midwest center of excellence. And we have one in Maryland. Uh, we've, we've had great success sending our members there. They're building one in California and they're uh, also looking one in Canada. I'm asking to see how feasible it is to put one right there in the middle, somewhere in the Midwest doesn't have to be Dayton. It can be wherever. I don't care. Um, but somewhere close because I, I feel like we are breaking down this wall with behavioral health and our members are going to need places to go. And so let's have some beds. Let's have them available and let's make it as, as easy as possible to get our members there. So that's my plug for resolution 30. It's also zero cent per capita. So, um, I, you know, all of these to me, and I hope everybody else, I mean, should be no brainers. And if we don't get this stuff done now, it's going to be another year and a half before we have the opportunity and we can't wait. We cannot wait on NFPA. Uh, we're going to be waiting forever. I'm All sure right. there'll be a lot more uh, sleight of hand and talking about different, uh, you know, individual chemicals. So this is, this is our moment to take a stand. I agree with you. These, these, I hate to call it a no brainer, but, um, you know, I think we gotta, we gotta, you know, collectively come together and, 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 you know, make it happen for our own members. This is, this is our opportunity, right? It's time to take it back. That's it. So you guys got anything else? All right. I'll let you all get back to, to dinner and, and time of your family. I know Jason, you're still stuck at work. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got to answer the call. Again, uh, IFF, it's a virtual convention. Uh, the hope is too, because it's virtual, because we're not all having to, you know, pick up and travel. IFF conferences are expensive, but it's, I think a hundred bucks to, you know, per person to, to get on. And hopefully we actually have more people attending than ever before. And, uh, you guys will all be, uh, in the spotlight as, as myself for, you know, at least a minute or so, but we'll have the opportunity to to defend this and to try to reason with our members on why this is important for their, for their life and also their families. So it's the beauty of what we do, right? It's, uh, you know, important. So again, January 25th, 28th, uh, sign in and, uh, vote for these three resolutions. So again, thank you, Jason, Sean, Ron, I really do appreciate it. And, uh, 
for all of you out there, take care. We'll, we'll let you know how all this turns out. And there'll be information on the resolutions uh, and all of Sean's information. Those, those will be in the show notes as well. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Jim.